you believe it, lasses? We're into season two. Season two of Lounging with the Lasses. Kylie Dixon here, founder of the Northern Lass Lounge. Listen, honestly, man, thank you to everyone who is helping our podcast grow. I cannot believe the success already. You're supporting so many small businesses and it means the world to like our community. So before you go, lasses, if you're new to listening to podcasts, help us out by just hitting subscribe and then you'll see all of our new episodes first. Leave a little review and just tell one person, just one person about it and that's it. To join our community of business lasses, head on over to our group where this all started on Facebook, The Northern Lass Lounge. Enjoy! Today I'm lounging with Sarah Jane Phelps, or as I have made her become known as War Phelpsy, as part of my team. Sarah is the founder of Practically Positive in Every Way, a business that has come from a very, very personal experience or experiences, as Sarah will go on to discuss in this episode. She helps lots of people to turn around their lives when they are feeling anxious, overwhelmed or a bit lost, just like she was. Listen to how Sarah has taken her own feeling of losing herself and turned it into a business idea which is positively impacting everyone she comes in contact with. Hello. Oh, how do I how do I call you? What do I say? I'm going to say Sarah Jane first of all. Hello. 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 And now I'm going to call you Phelpsy. Really? <laughs> it depends which hat I've got on, doesn't it? It's to what, what I get called. It does. The real life Mary Poppins. Here she is. That's me. That's me. Yeah. So anyone who's listening and we're going to delve right into Phelpsy's world here. Phelpsy has been instrumental um I suppose has been a complete advocate of the Northern Last Lounge so much so that she is in my team she's an absolute rock of support for many lasses so without me explaining it myself Phelpsy tell us who is Sarah Jane Phelps what is your business and what do you do so as you say I am all about positivity and try to get people to sort of see that there is a different way to look at things. So my business came about because I'd gone through a huge shift in my life. I've had lots of things, as lots of us have over the years, and dealt with ill parents, dealt with fertility issues, um, most recently the breakdown of my marriage, and all these things that everybody goes through. They're not thinking, I'm not saying that I'm special in any of these things, but it's stuff we don't talk about. It's stuff that kind of gets pushed to one side because it's a really uncomfortable conversation for a lot of people but it becomes really really lonely and I am somebody who is always in the middle of everything you know and I felt so so lonely and I remember saying to somebody even on a beach down in Wales with about 40 other people at a fabulous wedding and I'd never felt so alone in all my life and it was the most awful feeling and I had a great network around us. I had fantastic people. And I thought, gosh, if I can feel this lonely and this isolated with all these people around us, because I don't know how to express what I'm going through, how do other people that don't have that same support network? And I guess the journey of my business started there. And I went a lot lower than that and had to myself get a lot of help. And I, when I came out the other side, realised there was a huge need to just have this talked about more. And so I started off just sharing my story and sharing my experience with people. 
and I guess I'd done it for a lot of years. I'm a nail technician by trade. Um, and so across the nail table, I'd had those conversations with people and, you know, you, you can relate and share your version of something. Um, and so I was quite comfortable talking about these subjects, but thought I need to do this outside of my comfortable circle that I'm in. Um, and I guess at that time, <clears throat> I was introduced to the lounge by um, one of our other legends, Amy, and, and instantly felt a sort of connection. I love the way you were. I love the, the sort of feel of the group and the support in there. And I know everyone said that it's in there, but it needs saying again, there is nowhere else online that has a support system or has a genuine network where people aren't in it for something they can get back out of it. We all get something out of it, but that isn't why we're there. And the support and the openness which with people will share their experience and their knowledge to just make somebody else find it a little bit easier without expecting anything return is like nowhere I've ever been um and I joined it and instantly just loved it um and loved the people in there and you were doing your group training your first ever group training and I thought oh, I love being in the middle of things I haven't you know I don't want to miss out so Facebook yeah yeah Facebook, the Facebook group training mm-hmm. and from there Followed along because I love how simple the training is. And you, you do each step, it's practical things that you can put into place. And I guess I built very quickly a little community within my own group to just share my story. And that's all it started out to be was to just share my story for me to have a place that I could put that in the hope. And I always sort of say that I hope I hit the, the, the journey story, but you know, people we all use, don't we? And I wanted my journey to be somebody else's roadmap. So a bit like you, where you share your social media journey and, and all those pitfalls that you went through and all the lessons you learned, I want to do the same with my mental health and, and this, what I now call positive focus. And it just grew from there because I had the support of the lounge, because I had so much training. What started off was just somewhere for me to share my voice has turned into a business and practically positive in every way, um, was formed, not to Mary Poppins, but that's how it came about. And I, Absolutely, I say it all the time, and anybody in the lounge will know I say this all the time, but it is the truth. I would not have a business if I hadn't been in that lounge. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't be sitting here. And today, I get to not just share my story in my group, but I get to do one-to-one sessions. I get to do workshops. I get to shout that on a much bigger platform. Mm-hmm. And the ripple effect that you talk about all the time it is the same. It just ripples so far. It's just amazing what has what started off, like I say, somewhere just to for me really to get out of my own head and if somebody happened to listen great has turned into an actual business where you know people do get help and, and lives are changed and that's quite humbling to be to be able to say you know what it is it's like it's very similar to what I did in the sense of I set up a group I had no there was nothing in my head that went this is going to be a business um more of a, a space to to share stuff and well, I was alone. I needed I needed mates. <laughs> I needed workmates around us. But like you you said there about sharing your story. <clears throat> Did you have any inkling, Phelpsy, in your head that this was going to turn into a business? Did not whatsoever. Absolutely not. No. When you say you started sharing your story, did you do you mean online? Do you mean to people? Like how did it how did it evolve? So some of it was in reply that people would put things in the lounge and at other groups that I was in. Um, and I would share my experience of a similar situation and my viewpoint on how I dealt with that and came through it. Obviously, some was in the group, being able to have a, a place to just sort of say, this is where I'm at. I do a live every week. Mm-hmm. And for, I know people hate them. 
Um, to, to have a love, uh, I hate relationship, but I love the live because I imagined. I mean, when I first started it, no one used to come on live because no one knew I was there, but I didn't care. Like for me, it was that bit of therapy that I was just, you know, I sit in front of a mirror at my desk and I sort of talk to myself, but imagine I'm talking to just somebody else like we are now. Um, and it was just really sort of for me, therapeutic, getting that stuff out of side of my head because I, I absolutely believe, certainly with mental health stuff, that once you detach from it by verbalising it or by writing it down, you change the perspective on how you're looking at it and you're not focused on the problem you can focus more on the solution but what was the biggest thing for me is people necessarily wouldn't comment on me lives or wouldn't comment on a post I'd put on but then weeks later they would either send me a message and say oh look this happened to me and I remember you said that thanks or what was the best thing is I started seeing other people commenting on other people's posts saying oh well Sarah said this now I've been doing it it works and they were then sharing what and I was like oh no I, I said that you know, and that's me. And those those ripples were just phenomenal. And that's when I realised, right, actually, there is more of this than just me having a place to, to, to sort of share it. So I then looked at, right, what training do I need to have um, to be able to actually turn this and say to people, right, you know, I'm going to I'm going to charge you now so I can do this. And then I did my NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming, um, and then developed from that my own programme, which I now call Positive Focus, which links in... NLP um, sort of modules that you they use, um, as well as, like I say, positive focus, a huge believer in gratitude, and that, that makes you know such a difference in how we treat our mental health. And the various other things that I put together to do um, the one-to-ones. <clears throat> and then from that, the workshops developed because people were again saying things like my imposter syndrome workshop. People were asking the same thing over and over again. Well, I can't see all the people on a one-to-one basis. I can't have these one-to-one conversations. I don't have the time. How can I spread that? And that's how the workshops were then sort of born. And that's something I'm just starting to sort of develop now so that I can share those really simple things. And people just have that that moment where they go, of course. And it, you just, it just needs something, sometimes someone to sort of shift the lens. And I always say it's a bit like looking at through um, a pair of binoculars the wrong way around. If you just give them that pair of rockets and turn it the right way around, everything becomes much more clear. And because what happens in life, our experiences and the way we've always responded and reacted to things becomes in our map for how we deal with stuff in the future. And we don't know how to change that. So if you then just give someone that shift in perspective and realise that what you have been doing doesn't need to be how you always do something, it can have a huge then effect on how they, they change their lives going forward. Fab. I, I think it's brilliant what you're doing. It absolutely has its place in the world right now. And I think the impact it's having on even like uh, like five, 10, 20, 100 people, you don't know, do you? Because you not everyone will comment, not everyone will interact, but your messages are getting across. So like to go back to where this kind of came from, because I think it's important for people to understand, you know, what's brought you to this point. And I've, I've just listened to some of your intro for your podcast that you're doing, and I've had chats with you as well. <clears throat> you said, you've said a few times where you got to a space where you couldn't cope or you'd lost yourself. What, what caused that? So for me, the final straw in that <clears throat> was the breakdown of my marriage. But I think what led up to that and what was part of that was, um, I so I come from a 
hate the word um, broken home, but that's what they used to use, didn't they, years and years ago. So my mum and dad separated when I was just five year old. Right. Now, you know, what will be now almost 40 years ago, show me age. That was very unheard of. It isn't as, it wasn't as commonplace as it was now. And I guess it all started there that that, that set me on that trajectory of what became normal in inverted commas wasn't my normal life. But I didn't really see it at that time that, I, that that didn't have an effect. I don't think, or I didn't think at the time that it had an effect on how I used to interact with people or how I would choose relationships. Um, fast forward quite a few. I had a fabulous childhood. Uh, I had an amazing childhood. Um, but fast forward to my sort of late teens and into my twenties, um, and my dad suffered very badly um, with alcoholism and was very very ill. We almost lost him on you know several occasions. And my, at that point, my whole life revolved around looking after him. And again, it was this dysfunctional relationship on what wasn't, again, in inverted commas, normal. Um, and again, I caught with that and I dealt with that, but it still changed deep rooted in me, that belief in what a, what a, a relationship means, what love means, what a family looks like. Um, and then fast forward a few more years and I got with my husband who I had been friends with for like 10, 12 years at that point, was one of my best friends, thought this is it, you know, I, I, I've found the ideal person. Um, and unfortunately we had fertility issues and I was really, really poorly um, struggling with trying to get pregnant with IVF and I was very, very sick. Um, and that, again, the dynamic of that changed our, our, what, our, what I thought a family would be. Um, and it's the most awful thing um and then he cheated on me and just broke my world and I think it got to that point because again we had issues before that about dealing with the, the family unit um and because I then realized at that point because of the coming from a broken home and coming from a, a relationship where I became my dad's caregiver and that whole bundle of things that, that went into that I then realized that actually what I was trying to do was create this perfect family that doesn't exist. There is no such thing as perfect. And like I quite often say now, you know, even Mary Poppins was only practically perfect because there is no such thing. But I realized that actually all of those things earlier on had created this ridiculous expectation I was putting on myself to be this perfect family and to create this thing that, that like I say, does not exist and it's impossible to have. And that put a huge toll on us as well. And that certainly put a huge toll on me. So when my marriage then started to break down, I sort of went into this, well, I'm not being beaten mode. Like things don't get the better of me. I'm going to fix, I'm going to stay in. And I went into that same thing that I always do of, right, how do we fix this? I used to do it with my dad. I've done it with you know, previous partners. How can I fix this? Um, and it was that, I think, in the end, that broke me, me trying to fix something that was not fixable, that was outside of my control, that I had no power over. And that acceptance of of that of me being out of control I think is what broke us in the end because it made me challenge all of the things that I ever thought that I was mm -hmm. it made me question internally well if I'm not that person that can sort everything out and can fix everything what does that make us because in all my friendships in all my relationships with family you know even all the good ones I don't mean like as in partners just in all my relationships I was the person that people came to. I was that, like, Sarah will fix it. Sarah will know what to do. I was the rock that held all the different groups I was in together. Um, and it made me question, well, actually, if I'm not that person, then who on earth have I been all of these years? Who, how do I be who I am? And I got so, so lost. 
um, to the point, I mean, my anxiety at one point got so bad that I was hallucinating, you know, my hair would fall out. I was really, really, I felt like, when I look back now, it was as if I was watching somebody else yeah. go through the motions of my life. And I was like, who is this person that's walking around in my body, yeah. but isn't behaving how I would behave, isn't doing the things I would do. And it was absolutely terrifying. You know, I, I remember one day sitting and it was like this movie was going on. I was frozen to the spot, wide awake, but having this absolute terror nightmare of just all these horrendous things and I, and I couldn't do anything about it. And it was just, it was absolutely like the worst feel I've ever had, ever. Um, and it was at that point I thought like, this is not fixable. This isn't something that I can do at all, anything about. Um, did anyone else realised also that? Did anyone else around you notice or comment or see, see anything? Absolutely not, because I was really, really good at hiding it. Wow. Really, really good. Really, really good. I used to always say I had all these hats that I put on, and um, you know, I, I was a really good boss, and I was a really good friend, and I was a great big sister, and I was the perfect daughter, and I did all these things, and I could absolutely play that role. Mm-hmm. But when I took all those hats off, and I was just Sarah. What did that mean? Who was that? And I, it was terrifying to not know. I remember, I remember being asked um, one of the times um, my dad was pooling and one of the paramedics I'd become quite friendly with had said to me, how are you doing? And I reeled off like, well, dad, this and dad, that and, and dad, the other. And he's like, no, no, how are you doing? Yeah. And it was like he'd slapped us across the face. I was like, oh, um, and I didn't know how to answer the question. And at that point, I was probably in my 30s. And I was like, I, d- I don't I don't know. And it was just from there, like sort of snowboarding into this absolute loss of who I was. And well, if I didn't do, if I wasn't that, then what do, what do all these other things mean? And just question yourself constantly and not to not be sure of who you are and feel that lost is it, just, it, well, it was overwhelming. And it did get to the point eventually. Um, because I, I was, like I say, it got to a point where I couldn't. I couldn't do my day-to-day functions that I hadn't had to reach out and sort of say to people, look, I, I can't do this. Um, and my, my friends and family were very good and did rally around me and, and did the sort of support of the practical things. And then I had to go and do, you know, all the work on myself to, to kind of come through it. And it was really hard work. I'm not going to say that it wasn't. Um, but I did get through it. And I, like I say, what, what was wonderful at the other end was being able to see that I had that support network and I had those people that were that could that enabled me to come out the other side and to to have this and I don't want to say go back to the old me because I absolutely haven't gone back I've gone I've become a newer version of me and I've taken all the best bits that I was before but let go of all the bits that were holding us back or that were making me you know kind of make those wrong decisions and wrong choices um and I just had this overwhelming kind of feeling that I've got to I've got to give this to other people because if they haven't got you know if I can get that low when I had all that help and all those you know people around me how terrifying it must be to be in that place and not have that support network so tell us tell us um you've mentioned support like specifically what type of things did you did you do what what help did you get how did you on a very practical level yeah Simple things like kind of helping with the housework because for me, if my house is messy or something's you know disorganized, that creates a really really messy mind. So very practical things like that, things that I didn't need to do. I kind of gave away jobs that I didn't need to do because I'm a bit of a control freak and um, still a little bit of a moniker, but I'm getting better at shop 
shock horror to those that know me they'll all be like mouth open at that point I am a little bit but I love um, that but about you Felsey because I know the tasks in the team where I go Felsey I love that whereas somebody else will go not day that do you know what I mean but the difference is today I I know which ones are important for me to, to do and, and I can absolutely use that skill about us uh-huh. but things like I don't need to be the one that has to get the food shopping. I don't need to be the one. And it was it was giving away tasks that I had to have control of everything because that was my way of keeping order and semblance. So on a, yeah, on a really practical level, it was being able to give away things that I didn't have to do. Who did you give um, them to? On a, pardon? Who did you give them to? Who got these tasks? So friends and family. Right. That's around true. us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in, the, in the very short term, um, it was friends, even, even with the little one, I was so protective of being the only one that could lack after him or make sure I, I was such a, um, held on to him so tightly because I had to be this perfect mum. That for me, that was one of the biggest things was letting other people be responsible for him and not, you know, not having to ring him every 10 minutes or 20 minutes to check he was all right mm-hmm. um, and letting go of those things. And then, on a, on a, you know, from a, they were practical things that I got, that I got help with. Um, I then went and saw a, a psychologist and looked at, right, how do I help myself? How do I, because nobody can get us out of these things. People can give us the tools to use, but they can't, they can't change how we feel or how we think. They can just give us a space to do that. And that, I guess that's what I want to do now is be that person that holds space and gives people the right tools so they can, find their own solution to it and I always say it's a bit like you know if you've gone through life and all your problems were um a nail and you had a hammer great you can you can not hammer a nail in but if someone then gives you a screw you're kind of going to be stuck with your screw and your hammer because they don't work together yes. what you need is someone to go mm, but I've got a screwdriver look how easy that is and that's kind of the analogy that I try and explain to people now is I don't fix people I don't give them the solutions I just go look here's my toolbox what problem do you have do you need a screwdriver? Do you need, you know, a, a chisel? I don't know why I'm going down the tool route like that, but that's the <laughs> that's the metaphor. Um, and, and let them say, look, this is my toolbox. Which tool from that do you need to help with this problem you've got? Yeah. And then they actually go, oh, that does work. I'm going to get myself a screwdriver. I'm going to get myself a chisel, whatever. So you if your slogan for your business practically positive in every way there's a slogan that comes up all the time and I love it and I just want you to explain it a little bit more is helping you consciously retrain your subconscious brain what does that mean so most of the decisions we make and most of the actions that we have we do subconsciously we don't have a thought process of right this person said this so I will respond to that we just from learned behavior react to things in a certain way and our brains are so, so clever. They do a million things at once, but they're also really, really stupid. And then it'll just find the easiest route to get somewhere. So if it's done something, it'll go, oh, I've done that before. This is how I respond. Now that is great if it's a solution that gets us where we want. So daily tasks like making a cup of tea, learning to drive. You don't want to be thinking about the little individual things. That's great. When it's a situation where we've had bad experiences or poor relationships, they don't have a positive outcome, but our subconscious is still letting us respond in that particular way because we're reacting to that situation because we don't think about it. By consciously thinking about some of the things that we make and by changing those reactions to a response, 
what it does is actually retrains then that subconscious thing so yes at first it feels a bit icky and it is a very conscious right this is what I would normally do this is what I should do okay I'll do this instead and it's a very slow kind of clunky process what happens over time is the brain goes all right we're doing that now and then that will be its new path and it will start making those better choices and it, again it's that ripple effect that when you make those little changes it has a knock-on effect on the bigger things that you do mm-hmm. um, and whatever you tell your brain is what it will focus on so if you start focus on these new ways of thinking it will find more opportunities to go down that route than it will to go around down the old negative or unhealthy route and not have those thought processes that are holding you back but instead look for those other opportunities oh i like how this is linked in with this question so i think you're like the way that you're you've got your business set up is it's a very it's it's very much a personal development project in itself isn't it because you're taking people along the journey and like why why you do what you do and how it's evolved but I know we, me and you have had certainly had conversations um, over the last few months about the whole compare and despair. So it's like you're 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 teaching this, but it's the same as me. Like I'm I'm teaching a lot of things, but I still go through the motions myself. So Absolutely. how do you overcome the compare and despair? Because I know you've worked on it loads, haven't you? I have, yeah. So <laughs> I did hit an absolute point with this. Um <laughs> And it's, I can't even say it's, I do that a bit of like, do as I say, not as I do. Because although I teach it, I don't always get it right myself. Oh, I know what I should be doing. <laughs> um, absolutely. And so I think for me, the first step is that the awareness that I now do that. Um, the always, you know, where awareness is key. And it is, it's having that awareness that right, I'm, I'm doing that. Um, and then for me, it's being able to reach out. So have two or three people that where you can feel, because we all have them. And when I interviewed um, Chris Cook, um, I mean, we chatted about all sorts, but one of the best things that he said, one of the best quotes that I had from him, um, and I totally stole it, although I did tell him, so it's all right, um, is that don't think of it as imposter syndrome, think of them as imposter moments. Yes. Because it's not so overwhelming. It isn't like when I've got imposter syndrome, it seems huge. I'm having a moment and we all have them the more successful people have them but actually what it means is that you're pushing yourself outside your comfort zone yeah. you're doing something they're doing something that you're not you know you're thinking oh is this right but actually that's the only way we grow and the only way we develop so if you're having those imposter moments it means actually something amazing is about to happen because okay. you're right on the cusp of it mm-hmm. um and if it, if you feel like yeah in a moment and it's lasting longer than a moment absolutely reach out and the key is knowing who to reach out to for different things. So I have the most amazing best friend, um, but I'll go to her for certain things. Well, I want that kind of just, yes, you're right. You're amazing, Sarah. You know, without fail, absolutely like you have your back. Um, would bury your body under the patio for me. But actually, if I have other friends that I will go to, if I want a bit of hard truth and I want them to go, actually, no, Sarah, like you, that isn't what you need. You need me doing this and I need a bit more honesty. And I don't want that loyal just got me back I want someone to tell us what I don't want to hear but I know I need to so it's choosing who you share different things with and it's okay to go to different people for different things and it will take you a while to work out who are the right people to go to for different things um but don't be afraid to put your hand up and say look actually I, I'm, I'm not doing well I'm struggling um and just, just for that help that, that bit of support or, or just a bit of time away or whatever it is that you need mm-hmm. and so that's that how I deal with it now is I acknowledge that I'm feeling it. I don't try and 
muddle through or push through, either say, right, I need to come back to this later on, or actually I'm not getting past this. Another great way, um, and I, I shared it a few times in the lounge, is to do your to-do list. We love to-do list. Watching. I love a to-do list. Um, but it, it, it sounds really silly, and it is a little bit silly, but actually the principle behind it is have a little notebook that when you've done something that you're proud of, write it down. And then when you're having a day where you think, oh, I can't, I haven't, that hasn't gone well, or I haven't done this, or you feel just a bit flat on yourself, because we all have them, get out your to-do notebook and go, yeah, but look how awesome I am. And look at all the things that you're proud of that you've written down. I'm terrible, you know, I am terrible for doing it. And I do so many amazing bloody things and I have so many successes, I just don't think about them. We're <laughs> so busy looking at the next thing. We don't take that time to appreciate just what we've done. Mm-hmm. But actually having that record in your own words of things that you're proud of, that you can look back in when you're having a wobbly day is absolutely phenomenal. Um, it, it really is. It just is such a difference in, because we won't, it won't stop you. I always say being positive doesn't stop you from feeling sad, from feeling worried, from feeling annoyed at people, from feeling resentful. It doesn't stop you having any of those emotions. You have to feel them all. What it does is stops those things from pulling you into a downward spiral where they then get in the way of your day or they get in the way of what you need to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not about being happy all the time because that's impossible and a little bit crazy. It's about being able to sort right, this is what I'm feeling and dealing it and moving past it. Mm, I like it. I like it. Yeah, you mentioned as well about your lives because you've, you've gone live, God, consistently every week, haven't you? On a Sunday, is it round about eight? Yeah. I always miss you because you know me, I'm in bed. It's your bedtime. <laughs> do try and watch back but have you always been confident with lives I don't know the answer to this like, have you always done them or, or what yeah I, I'm not going to beat around the bush I am I, I, I people have always laughed and said like I should have been on a stage give me a microphone and an audience and I just love it I'm the person that you know when you go to, like work meetings or training like can someone speak I'm like hands up I, I'll do it because that's just who I am but <laughs> One of the reasons I was always like that, so I'd be the one in a room that would wear the, you know, you go to like a networking meeting and I'd, everyone else is in like beige colours, I'd have this colour bright orange jacket on, um, or I'd come on a night out with a top hat on and rolling hoodies, like you do. Um, <laughs> but I used day. to do it. She did. <laughs> I did, I did. Uh, someone did, as they said, with undertone, so I was like, yeah, okay, I will. But actually, the reason I used to draw attention to myself or be the one where people would be like, oh, look, used to be a coping mechanism so I would walk in the room with a really bright colored coat on and people and no people were going to look at us so instead of going in and thinking oh god that person's looking over at me or that, that what, what these generals for is my hair funny or a, and I would get really self-conscious I would get really worried about well what what they're saying because it was on my terms because I was like oh I just look at me bright I've got me lush the flyby jacket on or I've got a top hat on so of course they're going to stare like why wouldn't they and I used to use it and this has gone right from being a teenager, I'll be the one that would be the first one up to do something. I'll be the one that would kind of, because it was on my terms. And so actually when they were going, oh, look at her, I'm like, yeah, look at me. And it used to mask that kind of absolute insecurity and being like, oh my goodness, what are they really thinking? Mm-hmm. And it, because I'd done it, it then just became, like now it's just part of who I am. And I am just that person and I am that confident. And I would happily, get, I feel comfortable getting up and talking. You've seen me, you know there's a room full of 20 people and someone said oh can you just introduce them or can you just have a few words 
yeah, about what? I, I would happily do it. And I know that isn't for everybody. I know people do find that really difficult to do. Um, I'm very lucky that it, you know, very quickly was just something I was comfortable doing. Mm-hmm. But that's where it came from. It wasn't always because I love doing it. It I was very much a coping mechanism. I think as well, because I've had to really work on it. I've never, I haven't always been this confident. Um, sometimes I still get a bit like, when I'm in having to stand up and do stuff. But like, I think it's come from, it, it's a space of you finding your reason. You're finding your reason. Right? You found your reason. You found your passion. And it's because you've lived and breathed these experiences, like what I have as well. I now stand up and talk like with confidence because it's not you're not what you know yeah you're not kind of trying to have to think of it like when I was at the bank and I always go back to this huge imposter syndrome didn't feel like I belonged I was great at what I did right but when I had to get up and speak it was like uh god because I, I wasn't interested <laughs> I mean yeah if you said to me go and show someone you know how to demonstrate how to do an expel spreadsheet then absolutely, me need to be knocking, I wouldn't have a clue. But as long as I'm talking about myself or about something I'm passionate about, then I could talk to anybody about anything all day long. <laughs> Phelpsy, I have to say this, right? I was really worried when I was going to do this because I thought, God, this lass and technology. What? <laughs> I know, it doesn't... I love technology, it just doesn't like me. It just doesn't like me, honestly. <laughs> Tell people about this magnet in your head. Oh, yeah, I'm convinced that I have a magnet inside us. And that's why anything technological doesn't work around us. <laughs> so, yeah, if, you know, I, even if I go into shops and people have my chills gone off, or I, I, I said to me, I'm really sorry, it's me, I have a magnetic pull inside us that whacks off all the electric, electronical <laughs> equipment. <laughs> it's a hoot a second, I tell you. It's a hoot a second in our team chat. is like, oh, for God's sake, this is happening. This is happening. But I know, know I definitely need my hand held with tech stuff. Like the stuff I know I can do really well, but anything else, not not so good on but the tech side. You know what's great about it now? You just go right. I kind of do nothing about it. It's outside yeah. of me control. I'm yeah. going <laughs> like absolutely. Don't, you don't let yourself chewed about now, do you? Nah, absolutely not. Listen, now I just sort of think, right? Who else can do that for us, or who can show us how to do it? <laughs> so I just all the time, and, and 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 the amazing thing with the lounges people have and people do like come to me rescue all the time and go oh I can do that yeah I'll do that for you I can show you how to do that and yeah it's magical you are Phelpsy my ideal client I think you I've told you this before I absolutely oh, am you are the lounge's ideal client and you know how much I talk about ideal client it's the root of everything but uh, you, you you kind of you wanted to, to grow your business you were a startup you wanted practical help on social media so you came into the lounge and I know you've touched on it a little bit. You came in as my ideal client. What do you think? Because you've you've talked about different training and different communities you've been part of. What's different about the lounge? Why is it? Why does it work? Um, it, well, it works because it's got you at the top um, is the start of it. <laughs> um, so put that on your to-do list. No, in, seriously, though, um, the, the, for me, the two... Key things are the community you've, you've built, and that is only because isn't because of who's in there, because I mean other groups of similar people in, and it doesn't have the same feel. It is the absolute effort that you put in, and how committed you are to those people. They then put that back in, 
that they genuinely are committed to everybody else that they want to help. And you can see forming little kind of mini groups of people who will help each other out or shout each other out. And it's just wonderful to see. So without a doubt, that kind of team spirit, camaraderie, whatever you want to call it, because you generally care about those people, you are invested in them and they become invested in each other. I think it's like I say, it's a place like no other because people are then willing to share their experience without anything in return and, and, and share their, you know, the number of times you'll see posts where people will just, oh, I found this great app and it does this. You need to try, you know, this, this great opportunity for a market somewhere or for a bit of software or whatever. And rather than thinking, oh, well, this will benefit me, I'm not sharing it, that, that people will willingly go, who, who else will this help? Or actually, I can't do it, can somebody else? And they'll take that extra time to go the extra mile for other people. Um, so definitely that is one of the key things that, that makes it what it is. But the other, other huge bit is, for me, is just how then the actual practical learning that you do is presented, um, that it isn't overwhelming, it isn't because people are there because they don't know what they're doing. They're never meant, made to feel like they're asking a silly question. Then if nothing's ever told in anything too complicated a way, it's really, really simple, really, really straightforward, practical tips that work. It isn't somebody that's done a business degree going, oh, here are your five pillars to do this. Um, well, and I haven't put that into practice myself. You have shared the things that have worked for you and go, look, this has worked for me. These are the results that I've got. This is how you can replicate that and do it your way. Um, and there isn't anything out there. I have paid thousands of pounds over the last you know, few years for business training. And the value that they get, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on the team. I've said this before when I wasn't on the team. The value they get in stuff that actually makes a difference because there's loads of business training that will give you practical, um, the oh, sorry, theoretical ideas. But then how do you transfer that into your own business? Yours are very, very practical and really, really easy to implement. Mm -hmm. And so people, we're just ordinary people. We're not people with business degrees. We're not people who are, you know, got multi-million pound companies yet. If that's where people want to go, they could take it and use the tools to do that. But actually the people who are in there are just wanting to take that to the next level. They just want to know how they get from where they are to the next step and with the things that you share and the things that the other girls and the team share it's so easy to get there it's not overwhelming it's not overpowering and everybody can do it and that, that is um something that definitely came across or the feedback i certainly got and the things i think this was when things really started to first of all this is impacting a lot of people was when i did the, um a speech i did the talk at the ramp side and all I did was stand and, and share practical, practically what I was doing. Like, because I've been there, I've been in these rooms and people are talking all these. I've got no idea what they're talking about. I just want to know how to do this. How I do that. There. Yeah. And honestly, one of my biggest bugbears is how much money people are flinging at stuff. Yeah. I, mean, I wish, oh God, I wish you'd be. I know. I I've just had this conversation yeah. over Mel, right, who I've been interviewing um, about. I mean, a, a big epic fail that I had was how much money I put into a website because I didn't know it. Like, you you did that, but you might not necessarily have found us by doing that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you've got to look mm -hmm. back and go, it wasn't a mistake. It was just something you weren't aware of. No, no, that's it. It's absolutely, it's a lesson learned. 
And I think that's a really good way to look at lots of things is, you know, my grandma used to always say, regret the things you do and not the things you don't do. And I'm used to be like, grandma, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But actually, as I got older and realised, what she was saying is, look, do something. It might work out, it might not. But it won't ever be a mistake if you learn a lesson from it or you gain some sort of knowledge, even if it's what not to do again. Mm -hmm. And I've said quite often, actually, the power of knowing what not to do is actually really, really valuable. Mm -hmm. If I'd never done that course, I've always thought, what if? And a what if will haunt you forever. Or it could have been something phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Or it might, you know what I mean? Always do whatever it is that you're a bit unsure of. And yes, it might be an epic disaster. But what can you take from that? to actually make a better decision in the future and actually making that really bad decision there about stuff, about not researching properly, about not finding out a bit more, will maybe save me thousands and thousands in the future of not other wasted opportunities or other wasted money. Mm-hmm. You, meant, you did touch on there about being in the team, Phelpsy, and I've mentioned yeah. it at the beginning, and I just think, I know you, you've talked a lot about like the impact that I have and never forget your value with what you bring to the team as well like and I, I get I do actually get asked believe it or not how do you how do you choose the people who's coming into your team I went well I didn't just sit there and choose people do you know names in a hat and it's like the importance of having the right people around you like we've got a cracking team haven't we we've all got have. different uh, transferable skills which I keep talking about but like when the lounge really started to take off and I was like okay I need I need to start getting people to help us because there's no way I would still be here without you. Um, so let let us know about your kind of, what's the importance of having the right people around you? Oh my goodness, like it is the most valuable thing in the world. Um, having, I mean, I mean, obviously we all sort of say I've got the right tribe, but it is, it's that, because we're all very similar in the team, but we're all so, so different as well at the same time. We've all got such different strengths that we collectively make such a strong unit. And I guess any friendship, whether it's just your friends outside of work, whether it's a work team, whatever it is, having the right people that bring out the best in you, that will push you past that comfort zone, that won't just yes you, um, but that will also be there to catch you if you're having a wobble and that you know you can rely on and you can trust. Um, because we all have times where we will fly at something and absolutely will shine. And then there's other times where, like with technology, you're like, actually, I can't do that bit. Mm-hmm. But having the right person to go to doesn't stop you. Um, because you know that it's okay to ask for help and that they're not going to judge you or they're not going to take away from your achievement because they're there to support you and they're there to make sure you're the best version of you that you can be. Um, and just having that, kind of I guess for me like a safety net yeah that I know look if I reach for this if you get there because you've all lifted us up fantastic you'll be chambers if I don't quite get there it's all right because you're going to catch us anyway and it'll still be okay and I'm hoping that's what and people hoping that's what are using for there was a did you hear that echo there no, no. <laughs> I'm, no. Gonna... <gasps> I'm hoping what that's what people are using the lounge for and that then yeah. that kind of develops into their own little team because ah I, I mean you know the amount of times I'll go into our chat and I go right what, what do I do are you before I react <laughs> and you yeah. like oh, I didn't have that before and then I use the lounge as a community to do that and I can see people use that all the time um 
I, I, I don't know if I'd still be doing this if I didn't have like yous around it. It's, it just, it's, it's amazing to see the other little units that you've now created. Yeah. You know, when we have our face to face, but even when I chat to some of the girls, um, and they're like, oh, I was chatting to such and such, or I popped at see thing. You've created those little, then where people have been like, oh, they're, they're really similar, or actually I need that thing, whether it's a collaboration to expand their business, or whether it's actually just that friendship. The number of people have said they've made genuine friends that they can, they can ring up. Because the power in having someone to ring up and either have a rant because someone, a customer's driven you mad, where they're, you know, someone's going to get you, or whether you can have a bit of a moan because you're feeling a bit rubbish, or or you can make them go, look, I've done this and want to celebrate, because that's also important, to have the right people that you can kind of show yourself off to. And the fact you've created the little pockets of that, when I hear little stories back or you say, oh, well, I was you know, doing such and such, it like just fills me with such joy that people are finding their little, yeah. that little support network for themselves and that little kind of, their own little teams to to do, you know, to take themselves better. Photographs popping up, I'm like, whoa, I didn't know that, that person knew that one or that one knew that one. Yeah. Again, I don't take the time to like sit back and go, hang on a minute, that they wouldn't yeah. be together They now. wouldn't know each other. Hmm. Crazy, it's crazy. No. Well, look at Geordie. I've just had a moment. I mean, Geordie lives at the top of Scotland. <laughs> I would never have met Geordie, and yet we're really firm friends now. She's been and stayed at my house. Like, I would never have met her if it wasn't for the lounge, because right. how would I meet, a, you know, someone from Scotland? It's just phenomenal. <sighs> okay, so talking about the team, we're going to get on to the part which you know what I'm going to ask now, don't you? It is why I last. So, I'm excited for my question. I'm excited. Who do you not want one off? Or do you not care? <laughs> no, Amy, after the other night on the Zoom. Right, Give me the people, right? Can we explain? <laughs> explain. I'll explain. So, we had a fab lounge and learn, and Amy threw in some random questions. Now, I love a random question. You'll have heard from the podcast, I've chucked some awesome random ones in here. So, people got like, if you had a dinner party, who would you invite, dead or alive? <laughs> if you could go back in time. Which time would it be and why? Scott, have you ever pumped? And she didn't say pumped, but I might even say the other word. Have you ever pumped and blamed somebody else? I mean, how are we, Martin? Bear it in mind. Do not do that. She doesn't swear. She is actually Mary Poppins. So (laughs) that was a hoot. So when I asked the team, by the way, what what questions, and Amy went, you've got to ask her about farting again. And I was like, can I do that to that? But I will share with you, because you're part of the team and I wanted another question. I asked Mel. I'm just going to tell you what she said, because she's, she's, she's lost it. I asked Mother Mel, because she's like an extended team member, isn't she? She is. She's I part asked, of the family. She went... <laughs> This is a new question, by the way. But you went, I really want to ask her what style niggas she's got on. <laughs> and I went, okay. <laughs> All right, that's nearly as random as my bodily functions. <laughs> but that's not your question, Felsey. You'll be pleased. Thanks. I shall plead the fifth on that one and move swiftly on to your actual question. Uh, right. Ooh. Oh, it's from Mirren. It's from our Ooh, Mirren. Our brand and queen. Oh, I think I know the answer to this question. If you were to do karaoke, what song would you sing and why? Uh, my absolute anthem would be This Is Me. Yay! I just love it from The Greatest Showman. I 
was very, very lucky to actually hear us sing it live a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, it just embodies like what I think we should all should feel, what I want people to feel is that look, what's and all, this is me, except the bits of us that we're not so keen on mm -hmm. and just own them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, after, I mean, I'd murder it because I cannot hold a note, <laughs> but I, would, I wouldn't care. I would be up right. there. That's it. Singing at me hairbrush. This we're, is me. We need to get this karaoke gig going like don't we <laughs> we do absolutely let us night karaoke let's do it we'll have to i'll um, win best prize for best murdered song <laughs> but this talks about things that are coming next um you've already touched on your podcast and there's other things that what's happening next in your life in business what, what's coming so the most exciting thing at the moment um is Next month, I will be fully qualified um, as an empowerment coach. <laughs> so some people that are in the lounge will have seen we did our fabulous empowerment night um, in April there, um, where we walked on a fire and we broke arrows. Some of the team um, were there and broke arrows with our neck. And I had done that under the supervision of John, who was my instructor. Um, but next month, I will be fully qualified and I will be able to share that with people by myself people do that myself um, and it absolutely will change I think how my sessions work and how my workshops work um, I'm sure you'll come up and tell me what you thought but I did my hour break last year and I am never short for words as you can all hear you know and I still can't put into words just what it felt like to break that arrow with my neck just the empowerment the feeling of self-worth there's just not enough words to describe it mm -hmm. but actually when I did that night um, with yourself and, and Amy and Laura from the team. And then we had some of the, the team members, um, that some of the lounge members were there as well. To get to do that with you guys and actually be the one, the other end, holding that, bracing that arrow and see you doing that was just phenomenal. So it, it will change, like I say, how I do me one-to-one -one sessions, how I do me group workshops, because it's a really physical way of somebody showing that, change that self-belief and putting it into action so everyone who's listening i just need to explain a little bit so we're talking about full-on arrows on your neck because i didn't know what an arrow break was on your neck and i'm demonstrating here because i have my broken arrow from the night yeah. on your neck like in the softest part of your neck as well isn't it yeah yeah so it's on the you, you sort of put your finger at the sort of top of your your bone there it's in that soft part of your neck and it's a proper archery arrow mm -hmm. um and what you do is obviously there's, there's some you know mindset work beforehand but you place it there you kind of think about the things that we've talked about and then as you breathe you step into that arrow and you're either letting go of something that you know is holding you back or you're stepping into that next version of you that you want to get that thing that you're kind of striving for um and it's it's amazing i mean it's an amazing feeling itself but you can then hold on to that belief in yourself so the next time you face a difficult situation and you have that self-doubt or you have that like how am I going to face that you can draw on that feeling that emotion and go well actually look I, I did that so of course I can face this because if I can do that I can break an arrow then absolutely I can do this um so for me that's a huge next step <clears throat> excuse me um in kind of where I'm going to take my sessions um and I want to just do more of those more of those sort of bigger workshops so I can get to more people um my ultimate sort of dream is to do motivational speaking 
and to go out and just share this with as many people as possible. Um, also to get on the sofa with Phil and Holly and do an Arab break with Phil. I'm going to put that out there. Yes, it's out there in the world now. And Sarah Davies, obviously, we want her. Well, I didn't say that because she's obviously coming to our next event and we'll be doing the Arab break. So that is not the vision board. That's, that's Sarah, happening. Sarah, if you're listening, September. That's happening. Sarah, and she'll want it. She'll be up for doing one, totally. She will. So, yeah. Well, phelps has got absolute four more, by the way, because she can't come now. Well, she might be able to walk in at the end. I'm going to try and break out. So, yes, the week that you are having the next Lounge and Learn party um, is the week I am up doing my trains. That is actually the last night of me becoming an official um, instructor and empowerment coach um, up in Northumberland. So I'm going to try and break out and get down before closing time and come and just go, here I am, but, and join in. Because I haven't missed... I haven't missed a face-to-face yet. I've been to every single one. I haven't. And she's got talk. So, you know. She's just, like, yeah. let, letting it, like, blatantly known that she's got Oh, yeah. I mean, I haven't let them let it go. Absolutely. <laughs> every opportunity. Um, <laughs> well, I've, I've said it many times, as Callie's told her, that she's been hacked. <laughs> Have I told you that? <laughs> but she's uh, a... <laughs> spoiler alert, everyone who's listening. So, first of all, the 1st of July, that's when we're going to have our next... Yeah face-to-face meeting but spoiler alert we are going to have war phelpsy here doing some kind of empowerment engaging she'll be doing a talk she'll be doing a speech she'll be sharing a story and we'll be doing some kind of arrow break or walking on fire or something like that won't we yeah i think i do a glass wall oh i haven't done that yet but yes i will be there at the next one Definitely doing some arrow breaks. Definitely empowering some lasses to take things to the next level. Class. And your podcast, you did. You touched a little bit about Chris Cook. Tell us what what you so thought that about. <clears throat> yeah, that is coming soon. So it is the practically positive podcast. And um, let's get talking. And it's just partly me rambling on and sharing my story. And just sharing bits, those the things I've touched on today, sharing those in a little bit more detail. Um, and then we have guests coming on that will share their story. So I was very, very lucky and a little bit cheeky, I will say, to get Chris Cook, who is a double Olympian medal winner and is now himself a coach um, and motivational speaker. And I'd met him years ago at a charity event. Um and it was quite inappropriate, actually. I was on the, I was poolside. <laughs> it's always inappropriate with me. I was poolside, so I was fully dressed. But he was like almost naked and dripping wet. And so I quite often tell that story and forget to put it into context that it was at a swimming pool. Yeah, were you? Um, so he was doing my friend's cancer charity. He was doing a swim. We were all doing a swimathon. Uh-huh. But at the time he was doing his swim, I was stewarding. So because he got out of the pool, I was chatting to him. Um, and yet at the start of the podcast, I did we edited it out but I did um I did so so the last time I met you in person you were naked and dripping wet and that just sounded really wrong so we <laughs> but fast forward years later I'd then been commenting on his social media and he'd posted something very similar that I'd been talking about I mean night on me live the night before and I thought you know what shy Ben's getting out start a bit of a conversation with them and so I did about the post and said oh well, we've been talking about this and he said, oh, that's great, fantastic. And I, I said that I'd met him years ago via Joanne. Um, would love to get you on my podcast sometime. And, he, and I thought he'd be like, oh, yeah, let me know when it's sorted out. Get back to me and, you know, just sort of, you know, 
politely say no without saying no. And he came back and went, oh yeah, I'd love to. And I was like, oh my goodness. This was last summer when I was nowhere near launching the podcast. It was just one of those, I will do it in the next 12 months. And I was like, right, and I better get this sorted. And was very lucky, blagged me away and got a, a podcast studio and some people to help us record it. And yeah, I got to interview him. Um, and that will be coming out. It, it, it's been a bit of a journey getting it sorted and edited, but it, I've now got the audio and that will be coming. So he's my first guest, which to say that is phenomenal. But I've already got two or three of the laughers actually lined up who are going to share their story. And we're just we're talking about real life things that we all go through. So things like fertility issue, things like parents who are not well, things like difficult marriages, juggling being a mom and not having a rule book to follow, all the things that we all experience, but that we don't talk about, that you don't feel that it's okay to have a conversation about. Um, so some of it's me talking, like I say, some of it's conversation with other people. And I just want us to get talking about those topics. Excellent. Can't wait for it. You'll have to drop all the links in. In fact, I'll tag the your podcast in. I was going to say, yeah, so it's on Spotify now with a very, very brief intro. So you can follow, ready for the episodes coming, which will be in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And where else is yeah. the best place for our listeners to come and find you? So you can find me on Facebook in my group, Practically Positive, in every way. Over on Instagram, although I'm on pause at the moment, but Instagram is coming back. Um, and I will be on LinkedIn very soon. Again, I have a profile, but we're working on that. Um, and we're going to get some more workshops and stuff put on there. But yeah, come and find me in the Facebook group. That's where I hang out. That's where I do my lives. And you'll get to know me and all my stuff. Well, Felpsy, thank you so much for being so honest and open. And uh, thank you for your support over the last, God, couple of years now, isn't it? Blimey. Um, Thanks for having us. Massive part of the team. And um, I look forward to seeing what we do in the future. But most of all, I think, thanks for being like resilient and showing that you can change lives, you know. All right. Thank you. I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, no. Monday when you're coming over. (laughs) Ah, See you later. See ya. Ta-ra.